Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. A glance at the diary earlier this week told me that The Podding Shed is just over a year old. Back then, in those heady days where Robbie Di Matteo was in charge and we were marching towards a historic Champions League and FA Cup bubble, life seemed, well, very different. Fast forward to today and consider that if a week is a long time in politics, a year in football is an absolute bloody eternity. Fourth place in the Premier League, 19 points behind Manchester United and just beneath Andre Villas-Boas' spurs to add insult to injury. After last night's much-publicised Rafa rant on Teesside, Chelsea's fans and Rafael Benitez himself are now locked in possibly the most destructive and abusive relationship since Marlon Brando and Maria Schneider broke out the lure pack in Paris. Quite who is taking one of the tradesmen in this relationship isn't entirely clear, but it's a fairly safe bet that on current form things aren't going to end well. Joining me to analyse recent events and possibly rant a little themselves, and Mark25, who is Mark? No, no ranting from me. Excellent. And Grocer Jack, who is Tony? Uh, and only grunting from me, probably. <laughs> no change there, then. Um, Dr. Blue Bayou is attending to de- domestic matters, or is possibly too traumatised to talk about recent events, and will re- get, rejoin us very soon. Um, on the face of it, we've advanced to uh, the last 16 of the uh, Europa League in, uh, with, for a tie with Stoyer Bucharest. Um, and the quarterfinals of the FA Cup with a, uh, a date at Old Trafford with Manchester United. You'd think that... Um, Things would be okay. Evidently not. Um, we'll start with last night's game up at um, up at Middlesbrough. A, a decent Chelsea Chelsea travelling crowd of getting on two thousand. Um, a two 0 win. A decent debut by um, by Nathan Ake, but obviously all rather overshadowed um, by the events afterwards. Uh, Mark, you uh, you travelled up there and um, and saw the game. First, give us a little breakdown on the game because obviously no one's really been interested in what what happened there. So it'd be nice to hear about what actually happened on the pitch. Okay. Um, well, obviously my um, enthusiasm for Chelsea isn't waning because going to Middlesbrough on a very 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 icy cold Wednesday night takes a certain amount of devotion uh, it's not it's not the easiest place to get to and after the game it's definitely not the easiest place to get back from so I stayed up there mm. um, but I was surprised actually by how full the um, Chelsea end was they were um, s- excuse me I'm going to have to cough one second a small break yeah I'm sure we can edit that out <laughs> I'm back um I actually bought two tickets. My wife was going, and then she cried off in the morning with a sore throat and runny nose. So I went up by myself on the basis I couldn't find any takers for the ticket. Thanks to everybody for their... <laughs> for the huge enthusiasts. Yep. <laughs> um, but when I got there, they were selling, still selling um, tickets to the Chelsea end at the gate, which is very unusual. Mm. Um, I think the club, did, the, club did, the club did coaches as well, I think, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah, I don't um, believe so. I saw... A couple of bits on Twitter that people went up on the coach. So, but I saw a couple of young lads queuing up at the um, ticket office. They only looked about fifteen or sixteen. And I thought, well, they've made the effort, so I gave one of my tickets away to them, which they were very, very grateful for. Good, uh, good and cool. so, when we got inside, I thought there'd be acres of space, but actually, our end looked relatively full. So, yeah. I'm, I'm impressed by the turnout. Well, in terms of well, the team selection was interesting. So, as soon as that came through on my phone, um. You know, there was certainly some choices in there to give cause for discussion. Um, Ake making his full debut. That's obviously pleasing to see someone coming through the ranks. Mm. Ben Ayoun being resurrected, which um, seemed a little bit bizarre. Paolo Ferreira 
um, I think he'll be there. You know, long after we've finished supporting Chelsea, <laughs> he'll still be turning up at, to see occasional right back standing. Mm. And um, up front, Torres was there filling the number nine slot as ever. Uh, so it was an interesting team selection. Um, but actually, I think it was the right thing. And, and I thought that before the game. Um, you know, it's easy to say it afterwards when we got away with it and we won. But before the game, I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, we have played more games, I think, than any other team in Europe so far this season. Mm. And when you look at the likes of Mata, you know, he played for um, both age groups of Spain's squad during the summer. So he had no breaks at all during the summer break. And the players do look a bit flat, and he in particular looks a bit knackered. So I think it was a good idea to rest people. Mm. And if you've got a big squad, you've got to use them. So I I had no problems with Rafa's team selection. I think, I mean, it should also be noted from what I could see, uh, the list of of players that Borough had out was, was kind of seven or eight, you know, first teamers or thereabouts. So... Uh, it, it was. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about the Benitez thing afterwards. But the reaction to the team selection was, "Oh, you know, the bloody idiot. What's he doing?" But you know, I agree with you. You know, if you if you've got a squad, use it. And for a game like that, where you're facing Championship opposition with a number of players out, that's the time. Yeah. And you know, the um, better players do need a break occasionally. Mm. Otherwise, we're just going to run them into the ground. Um, so. It, but the the game started, and it did follow the familiar pattern of recent Chelsea games, which is um, very, very slow-paced, lots of interpassing, uh, going sideways. Um, and on several occasions, we sort of passed sideways, didn't quite know where to go, ended up passing it back to Czech, whose kicking does seem to be deteriorating. And on at least three occasions, he managed to slice it out of play on the sort of halfway line, mm. just sort of kicking for touch to try and get a line out slightly further up the field, um, <laughs> which was very fr- frustrating. And, you know, there were lots of groans from the crowd at that point, which they resented because they wanted to be singing anti-Rafa songs. They didn't want to have to be groaning at what was going on on the pitch. <laughs> um, Ake made his debut, and um, I think he's only 19. And for, for a junior a young lad, you know, he looks well built. Mm. So he, he looks man enough to be on the pitch with um, Premier League and Championship players. So he could take care of himself. Yeah, Clearly, he didn't want to make um, a fool of himself on his um, debut. So whenever the ball came towards him, he didn't hold it at all. He just passed it straight on. But 95% of the time, he passed it straight on to a Chelsea player. Mm. And he did look very comfortable on the ball. Yeah, actually, just just looking, he's actually only just turned eighteen about a week really? ago. Yeah, which is, is just commendable, um, commendable stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I think I mean it's interesting. I I heard a couple of bits of the commentary going. I was out last night going to and from where I was going in the car and heard his name mentioned on on a number of occasions. In yeah, he got just a lot of brief. Yeah, you know, he he seemed involved. A couple of quite key blocks as well, by all accounts. Yeah, they wasn't scared to get stuck in. Mm. So um, you know. Let's not get carried away, because, um, you know, thinking of Middlesbrough, and that makes you think of Josh McCreckran. We all got excited when he first appeared on the scene, so there's a long way to go between first appearing and doing something, but his first appearance was certainly very encouraging. No, good. But the overall play, you know, was, um, well, just think of any of our last five, ten matches, and it was just more of that stuff. Mm. Um 
so half time was nil nil um, second half um, we we had a couple of good moves which did result in goals actually throughout the game Moses did look very very good yeah. whenever I think of Moses I, I keep calling him Remy Moses I find it very difficult to think of him as a Victor Moses I think <laughs> Remy always seems to come to my mind mm. first which shows my age but he did look strong and he did try his best to run at the defence yeah, I think he's been a good buy this season. Actually, I, yeah. I think it, it was kind of you know looked on as well. It's it's sort of a Kalu replacement. We'll see how he does, but I think he's uh, you know he actually you know, he looks to take players on. He's strong. He's got a decent touch. He can score. All good. Yeah, and hopefully and that, we'll develop him. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. It's it's not looking at him where he is now. Like a yeah, lot of these players, it's, where we, where are they going to be in two years? And I mean, well, I suppose physically with Chelsea. Um, but you know, in terms of their their playing uh, ability, they'll have pushed up to you know to where the original Mourinho squad was in terms of perhaps power or experience and that sort of thing. I think that's the exciting thing. Yeah. No, agreed. Anyway, agreed. we did up, we did manage to conjure up two goals in the second half, which was good. And uh, the first one was a nice move that ended up with Ramirez hitting a very powerful shot, <clears throat> which I think was the only time in the whole evening he had the ball under control. And I, I would like to have him DNA tested to see if there's any Brazilian in him whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, he is one of my favourites, mm. but his ball control is laughable. Uh, but he did score a very good goal, which did, I didn't even notice it at the time, but it did take the slightest deflection on Torres, who did try to intercept and block the shot. Um, Jolly good of him. Um, and the stadium announcer did award the goal to Torres, which I thought would have been a travesty, because uh, he was an absolute disaster once again. Mm. And then Hazard came on, and he looked quite good. And there was a very nice bit of interplay between him, Oscar, and uh, Moses, where the ball just rolled across, and Moses had a simple tapping. Mm. Was so it a lovely goal, actually? Was it shown live on TV? No, it wasn't. I, I kind of picked up later on on, on sort of dodgy streams okay. and bits that cropped up on Twitter and so forth. But um, no, apparently, I, I think Tony, I think you picked up on this or it was someone on my Twitter feed but apparently the, you can only show a certain number of that's it that's correct from each round and, and that quota yeah. had been used up so we with the were, Everton Oldham game the night before I think right yeah, so we were yeah. we were booted into touch unfortunately okay. it's an interesting one isn't it would that happen to Manchester United well who knows um, who knows probably not they'd probably have beaten Brentford in the first game and then played their <laughs> actual well, game at the weekend as yeah. opposed to Wednesday night, Wednesday night in Middlesbrough this is of course true no sorry. oh yeah Car- carry on carry on yeah um, so I'm trying to think is there anything else I need to tell you about the game or should we move on to the crowd atmosphere um, I, th- I think we should it's, it's, it's played a, a fairly significant part in, um, in the events of the last 24 hours so um, yeah, yeah I think uh, a good time to uh, a good time to move on to it I, mean, I think um, the anti-Rafa movement is stronger on away games mm. it, it, there was a bit of it at the bridge but I think generally it's quietened down at the bridge um, apart from the 16th minute where there's still the Di Matteo applause yeah but I'm, I'm not really aware of um, anti-Rafa songs too much at Stamford Bridge. But away, there's, you know, it's always going on. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, the bridge, it comes in pockets. You know, there'll, there'll be the odd bit bursts out here or there. But it's not concerted enough to be noticeable. Yeah. Uh, but last night, it was taken to a new level. And, and really, it, it was sort of continuous. And there are four or five main songs. And they were just looping round and round in a sort of Super 8 continuous play. Mm. 
type track and and um you know i was listening to a little bit of talk sport this afternoon um i, I tried to avoid it but i thought i'd just have a quick listen at four o'clock to see what they were see what they were saying about it because it was inevitably going to be talking about uh benitez yeah and they were sort of saying you know it's only a minority it's not true actually i would say it's very high majority of the away support are joining in the songs i mean i stand there you know not moving my lips um steadfastly refusing to join into them but it is the majority and it was loud and continuous and you know there's, there's no way that benitez can't hear it and clearly understand what's being said yeah. and it is offensive you know some of the songs are offensive songs mentioning the c-word um, that they used to sing for, for Gary Neville without me having to repeat it. Mm. Um, saying you'll always be a Spanish waiter, but not saying Spanish waiter. But the C word. Have I made yeah. myself clear? I, th- I, th- yeah, I, think, I think so. Well, I think, we've got you. Um, we've got leave it with me, Johnny. We'll sort that one out for you. <laughs> so um, I don't like to repeat it. Yeah. Um, so there was that and all the, all the normal songs. And um, I think it just you know, finally got to him last night. I don't think he could take it anymore. 90 minutes of that. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, the reaction, his, um, his reaction is obviously very well documented. And if you haven't heard the, the, the interview that I think he did for the BBC, I think it was five live. Um, it's obviously categorized as, as a rant. Any, anyone sort of vaguely, stepping out of their normal media trained self is a rant these days that's that's how things are categorized i've I've seen you know bigger and better rants it it seemed just a a bit like a guy making his point but um it um it it, it sort of changed everything and i kind of appreciate you know we're all very clear you know i don't think any of us are terribly keen on the guy's manager um i think we're all probably fairly middle of the road and um kind of balanced on our view that whatever we think of him, that, that the abuse is, has just been pretty stupid. Um, but, you know, listen, folk, are, they pay their money, they take their choice. So, you know, if, if someone wants to do that, then it's up to them. I don't agree with it, but if you've, you've paid your money and gone all the way up to Middlesbrough, if that's what you want to do, that's what you, that's what you want to do. Fair enough. Um, I, I, to be honest, I agree with them. I don't think it helps the team. I think, you know, it, it's corrosive. Um, I read it... Uh, sort of Twitter exchange, um, Brian Moore, the, the former England rugby international, um, saying that that kind of thing is corrosive. And he said the thing that the ordinary thing, he wasn't being big headed about it, but he said the thing that ordinary folk don't get is that the margins at the top level of sport are very, very thin. And it doesn't take a lot to kind of knock you out of your rhythm. You know, yes, you need the mental strength to be able to do so, but he said things like that are distracting and they're corrosive. Um, and to be perfectly honest, you know, for what anyone says, well, you know, he should be able to deal with that. He's being paid, you know, X hundred thousand pounds for his stint here. Um, you know, for, for a top sportsman to say that is quite interesting. Um, he criticised he criticised the board for giving him the title interim manager. He obviously had a you know a bit of a dig at the fans for the agenda that they're pushing, or a particular group is pushing. Um, the, the reaction, I mean, the reaction for the fans, I, to be perfectly honest, and it, you know, if it loses, loses us listeners, then so be it. But I thought it was fucking laughable. It, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, you can, you can prod this guy for three months. You can call him all the C words under the sun and 
question his parentage, you know, suggests that we're all going to have a party when he leaves whatever and, and worse um, but the moment he snaps back you know apparently this is this is this is terrible and it, it's absolutely unacceptable and you know he shouldn't be allowed to do it well you know man up I think would be my suggestion um, but he, he criticised you know he criticised the ball quite specifically which is interesting because not you know not many do that and survive and the, the word is that it's business as usual tonight now you know obviously he said I'm leaving in May you don't have to worry about me it's the kind of thing that has seen many Chelsea managers depart. Um, the interesting thing will be what happens on Saturday um, in terms of the West Brom game, because I think the, the blood amongst fans is now well and truly up. Um, his press conference is at, at one o'clock tomorrow. There's the standard sort of press conference the day before a Premier League game which is all contractual and so forth it will be interesting to see what happens there because I suspect he's probably in no mood to temper his language um, and his feelings about what has happened um, albeit that I suspect that the club's PR folk, Ron Gourlay, Bruce Buck, whoever else have probably had a quiet word in his ear about exactly how he conducts himself but ultimately the man's on hiding to nothing Um Mark, where do you think this is going? I know this is that's a very broad and open question, but there's there's any number of ways it could end up, um, none of which are looking particularly pleasant. But but where do you think this is heading? Um, well, just before I come on to that, I mean, I think mm. um, what sparked off Benitez yesterday was just jealousy. Right. Well, you meant to say why? You know, what, what was know. he jealous of? I'm just waiting. <laughs> sorry. Um, do carry on. I, I, hear, of, I of hear a setup coming. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Jealous of what? Jealous of what? Well, the Pope, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's getting all the attention. This Benedict, and just because you know he's an interim manager, <laughs> and he's moved on. And Benitez is just, just not right that they're talking about that interim manager when they should be talking about this interim manager. I mean, the role at Chelsea is a far bigger role and far more difficult and stressful so I think that's what caused it I think you may well be right do you think the attention interesting parallels there actually I'm beginning to think is there there a possibility of a job swap I ask myself but um, you know Uh, um, yes I (laughs) in terms of where it's all going I mean um, when Benitez first came in I sort of felt that um, he might last longer than his interim um, initial brief mm. up towards the end of you know to, to the end of this season, and it wouldn't have surprised me that if he'd stayed next season. Yeah, you know, in the in the light of the last few hours, days, and weeks, I think that's highly unlikely. Although it is still a vague possibility, and um, if if people's um, views and theories about Roman are to be believed. You know, you could almost see Roman sort of um, rubbing his hands with glee as a way of rubbing all the fans up the wrong way, because obviously people think he takes pleasure in rubbing us all up the wrong way. Not if you are whole personally, but there are people out there who do take that view. But I think we, it, I think it is more safe to assume that um, Benitez won't be here next season. Yes, and I think so. You know, there's endless speculation as to who the manager could be. The only other pressing question really is will Benitez survive the remainder of this season and um, 
I think, you know, if the results don't completely collapse and he doesn't um, make a complete buffoon of himself in each press opportunity, you know, he, he stands a reasonable chance of staying. Should be okay, yeah. Should be okay. But, you know, if, if the results go against and, and, and he gets a bit verbal tomorrow and Saturday and it gets really ugly on Saturday, which, you know, he could do, mm. then he may have to go. And, um, you know, the only question then is, who is available for a two-and-a-half-month management slot? Mm. And, you know, a very, very likely candidate is someone of the ilk of Avram Grant. Yeah. And if it was Avram Grant, it would be fascinating to see the fans' reaction. You know, are they then going to um, vilify Avram for two-and-a-half months, even though they're the ones that have caused the necessity to appoint him for a two-and-a-half-month period? Mm. Or do they just say, oh, well, you know, we've, at least we've got rid of Rafa. We'll have to accept Avram for um, two-and-a-half months. We won't cheer him. We won't sing any nice songs about him. But we won't um, paint any anti-Avram posters and moan about him for two-and-a-half months. We'll just, you know, keep our heads down and pray for a better appointment in the summer. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I sort of mentioned it on Twitter and was told, you know, under under no circumstances would the club do it. They wouldn't be so stupid. Well, you, know, you call the club stupid, call them what you like, but, you know, they, they appointed Benitez, which has ultimately been a fairly unmitigated disaster in one way or another. Um, I think, I mean, Steve Holland is, um, is Benitez's... Well, he's not, he's not directly his assistant, but he's obviously in the coaching setup. I think the likelihood of it if Benitez goes, the likelihood of it being him is fairly strong. And then, you know, yeah, Grant Grant was in the box at um for the Brentford game, I think it was. I can't remember which no, was but it? you know, yeah, he, oh no, he was out at the bridge, yeah, the pitched from at the bridge. Which, so he's which box? Roman box. Yeah, no, 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 he was yeah, he was up there with um, with the great well, I say the great and the good. I mean that's open to interpretation. But yeah, he was he was at the bridge and um, you know, hobnobbing. He wasn't pictured with Roman, but he was certainly up there with um with the movers and shakers kind of thing. Um, I think um, it's interesting. I, this, this whole scenario is one of those. I mean, there are many, many moments in, um, in the Roman empire, a relatively short time that's been in terms of our lives as Chelsea fans um, that, that we look back on six months, 12 months, two years later and think, oh, bloody, what was all that about? But this is unquestionably the most bizarre time. Um, and, you know, any who God only knows where we're going to be in a year's time in terms of, you know, positioning the league, what competitions we're in, who's going to be in charge. But I do think we are all going to be looking back, hopefully recording a, a podding shit, episode 60 or whatever it happens to be, scratching our heads and say, what on earth was all that about um tony now obviously you you wrote a, a fairly strongly worded article about your your feelings for the whole thing um earlier in the week after the de- defeat to man city um properly split as mark noted on the blog properly split opinion right down the middle um which is always good to see because it, it livened the blog up no end it's been a bit quiet of late um Obviously, you know, you made your thoughts clear. I mean, and after last last night, you know, how that changed your view on things. Do you just want to just want to talk us through your, your thought process and and what you felt after after the city game after last night and, and where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, 
I'll be fairly straightforward. You know, the, I, I didn't really, for one minute, expect us to beat Manchester City. I didn't. Um, I no. felt it was too soon after the Prague game, um, which had been probably unnecessarily stressful. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, <laughs> literally taken to the last twenty-seven seconds before, uh, you know, we weren't worried about extra time and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the way I framed it was, that, you know, I I had planned a game of golf that day, and I was going to go and play it. And I said to Nick, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to come home and watch a game we've lost to comment on it, which I could probably pick up on the BBC or the Guardian or Twitter or any number of places. Um, but when I got in, uh, I sort of watched the highlights, and, and I just thought to myself, you know, this, this, I'm not enjoying this anymore. And it, it, it was sort of born from that, and I guess like all the best songs are born out of pain, you know, and love breakups or death or something, you know, similarly tragic like that. Um, the, the, the ones that spark life into to me creatively writing are the are sort of more troubled times. And I wanted to write something that was actually saying, do you know what? I had a, I had a really good conversation on Twitter with a guy called Joe Tweeds, um, and, yeah. and we would kind of discuss the whole thing around. Uh, you know, they they were a, a few years ago went from twenty four thousand to eighteen thousand season tickets. They they didn't, but they that was the plan. Mm. Um, and you know, everyone was sort of scratching their heads about that. And the more I look at it, the more I thought, well, the obvious thing is they get six thousand more football tourists. They get six thousand more people going up mm. there for the day with their friendship shelf, spending more money in the shop, and it's a, you know they're going to get more revenue out of those sort of fans than they are me. Oh, yeah, no, whole, you know. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, I, I think it's 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 an interesting point, which which we can cover another time. But yeah, broadly yeah. speaking, you and I, you know, we we pitch up to the bridge. We've drunk elsewhere. We've eaten elsewhere. Yes. We probably don't buy a program. We maybe have a pint in the a pint or two in the ground. You know, we ain't we ain't revenue. All right, they get our season ticket money, but what they actually want is for you know. The bods to turn up the two or three times, you know, maybe once a season punters, yeah, who are going to go in the restaurant, you know, go in Robbie's or whatever it is, yeah, have hundred quid's worth of food in there, go in the mega store, buy some shirts, all that kind of thing, and if they get more and more of those, all good, you know, yeah. that's that's the business model, isn't it? But I, I, sorry, I, no, 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 I think I think I mean the good thing about the article was that it wasn't there to say to people this is how you should feel as well. It was me saying that's how I feel. Um, no, absolutely. And, and after sort of forty-two years of support, I don't think I've ever felt so ambivalent towards the the whole the club. And it isn't wasn't a, if you look at it, it wasn't really an anti-Benitez thing. Uh, yeah, I've said what I think about Benitez. Um, now, ironically, last night he went up in my estimation a little bit. Yeah, likewise. Simply because he turned around and said, "Well, fuck you, lot. You know, you 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 can't sit there doing this. I'm going to say what I think about you." And you know, we go back to this. Oh, you can't go around insulting the fans. Well, yes, you can, because other fans insult us as fans all the time. And I drink with some of those fans in the pub. Yeah. Mm. And what I don't do is I don't act like a five-year-old or like the the kid that's always crying in the Charlie Brown um, cartoons at the slightest little thing that people th- think about me. Um, it's the same as these people who get upset when people criticise their religion. Well, you, you can't be very secure in your religion can you if you're going to get upset that somebody says actually you know what I don't think your God exists it's that kind of mentality mm. so the article was written around just that and the fact that I do unlike other people 
think it goes right to the top. We are in the position we're in because of Roman Abramovich. And rightly or wrongly, some of the great things he's done in the past... I wrote a response to Mark, I think, on the blog yesterday, saying, do you know what? Yes, he has done some good stuff. He's done some fantastic stuff with the old players and the training ground. But that's all done. So how hard was it to have built on the success of last season? Not hard, really. They didn't have much else to do, I don't think. And they just singularly failed to do it. And every one of those board members... People go, they make me laugh. They say, well, you know, it's all down to Gourlay or Buck. No, it isn't. They're yes-men. Mm. They are merely the, gen- the lieutenants of the general Abramovich at the top of it. It is so much like the old Politburo or whatever. It- it's incredible. And I just think that maybe I've spoken out of it. I, I-, I spoke to Nick, um, the dear leader of the blog, and said, has this generated much traffic? And it's the most amount of traffic he's seen on the blog since you wrote your rather wonderful poppy piece. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never had a reaction like that on Twitter into mm. anything I've written in my life. I mean, I just yeah, thought, an awful lot of people were you know got in touch and said absolutely. Well said. Yeah, and now I've had some people come against me on that, and I'm fine with that. I don't mind people criticising. Um, I got I get a bit upset with people who criticise me personally, but don't you know criticise the writing if you like. Then, you know, you can call it a maudling article. I don't really care. Yeah, no, the play, point play, is play the ball, not the man. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't really. I did fair enough, isn't it? At no point. The point I think I'm saying is is that from the glory, the sheer ecstasy, the phenomenal feeling of last season and the close season and everything. He'll, Robbie was going to be in charge. Might wasn't particularly my choice, but deserved the shot, I thought. Um, and everything that we could do, and the way we were going to build this season. I wasn't looking for trophies. I wanted a, that first year under Robbie, first full year, to show development, to build mm. that team for the future. I didn't give a fuck whether we won the FA Cup, the League Cup, or anything else. So for no way did I think we'd defend the Champions League. Right. No, I, well, listen, you, you know, listen, no one's done it for 20 no, odd years, so. Right. So, I, I just wanted to see to. some progress. And but I think I, to, we haven't seen to, any. Just kind of touch Sorry. on that. It's. I think w- w- as much as anything else, what has got people's going, it's not really. Some people have mentioned it and, and expressed it, but not a, a great deal. But I think it's an underlying thing. Is that. A lot of us felt we were. It was going to be kind of. It was a bit of a victory lap this season. You know, it was like, well, hey, great! Look what we did last season. Isn't it fantastic? And Pete Watts um, said it's like you know you've you've kind of if you play video games you've kind of completed all the the main bits and then you're just going back and mopping up all the other little bits on the way sort of thing. Um, and it, it feels you know like. The, the rest of this season feels like it's just going to be one almighty bloody slog and it's going to be, you know, we shouldn't have been worried about qualifying for the Champions League. We shouldn't be, you know, concerned about all the things we're concerned about. It should have just been a, a bit of a glorious sort of stroll through the park kind of thing. Um, which, obviously, it's not. Um, I think, to, to, be, to be honest, I'll ask you the question. I, I kind of mentioned it on the blog. Missy, you know, we all we all react to, to situations, and I have to say, I didn't expect it like you. I didn't expect an awful lot from the City game. They have been better than us for a couple of seasons. Our record up there of late isn't brilliant. We played on the Thursday; they'd had the week off because, hey, you know, they haven't got European competition to worry about. It, it was all shaping up to be a bit shite. The the performance wasn't great. It really wasn't terribly impressive at all. Um, but I don't think I, you know, like you, I didn't expect anything. Um, 
but you know the, the the question is you know yes we're pissed off with the hierarchy now it doesn't actually take a lot you know if if Mourinho comes back in a big big blaze of glory and rides back into town in the summer and Roman gives him a hundred million quid to spend I suspect your your football mojo may be restoked correct it doesn't well, you know it doesn't no, take a lot you know no, we're, we're it all down about things but it doesn't take a lot no and, and it doesn't I think it's uh, for me. I was trying to be. I'm trying to be pragmatic and say, actually, I'd hoped we'd see some development this season. A kind of strategy, and I know people laugh about that, you know. But AVB, at the end of the day, got sacked for sticking to his guns, for for absolutely keeping to his remit. And you know, whenever you think about the guy, he's gone on. He's doing quite well at Tottenham. Okay, I don't think he's a fluke coach in that sense. But what I do think is, is that this season, under Robbie Dimato, and I've said it before, Robbie shouldn't have took the job. Okay, but if you'd have put someone like Capello in, yeah, I'd have been a bit upset about it. I don't like Capello's style of football. But one year in, you say, if you said to Capello, three years, first year, get this lot playing together, let's, let's get the strategy going, let's pin, underpin everything. We, we, we've removed the Mourinho spine, if you like. Mm. And we need to move on, and we could have done that, but we we haven't. We've ended up, and, and Benitez is right. I think Mark, I agree with Mark on this. The interim manager title was, yeah, that was that was just ridiculous. That was like you know that was never going to work, was it? That was never going to fill him with the kind of long term confidence that even if you wanted to bullshit him into him thinking he might have that job next year. But the players are going to look at that. The players well, it look at that. It yeah. smacks, you know. Let's be honest. The board, you know, Roman and the board must have realised that when they appointed well, Rafael Benitez, that we weren't going to be as fans. We weren't going to be terribly happy. And it's like someone in the meeting when let's call him interim. They'll yeah. be fine with that. In yeah. short term, they know it. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, hey, it's, every Chelsea manager <laughs> short term. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, but I think that's what's beginning to wear a bit thin. I don't want, I don't expect an Alex Ferguson type dynasty, but I think you know it'd be nice to have someone in there for three, four, five years or whatever, and and not have because I I, I I kind of agree. I think Mark was alluding to this earlier on, which is so the next manager comes in, so we get I don't know, just say we got Capello. Let's forget the Mourinho thing, but whoever it is, okay, they come in, they start afresh next season. And we all go, oh, okay, yeah, that's okay, that sounds like it's good. Like we all did with Phil Scolari. Mm, yeah. yeah. Midway through the season, things are going wrong. Are we going to have the Chelsea fan power, I use that term so loosely, all demanding that he goes? Are we going to see the Capello out banners and all this sort of stuff? Because that's ridiculous. That is, I, 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 mean, I, I absolutely it, it appreciate the right to people to, to express their, and protest, okay, but at some point or another, the club does have to turn around and say, "Fuck you, lot! Right, we're doing what we think is right. It's not. This isn't football no, management." But I by think committee. they always will. You know, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think I think they always will. Um, Mark, I, I want to bring you back in, Mark. I, Tony t- raises raises the point of you know the expectations for the season, which admittedly it's all fairly subjective you know we all expected whatever we expect you know the the less rational folk would expect us to have defended the champions league and and be racing away with the premier league right now but obviously we knew that wasn't probably that probably wasn't going to happen what do you what did you think you know you you were very realistic about robbie when he was appointed and said you know let's be truthful obviously we had a great run in the champions league and it all worked out very nicely but the rest of it 
in terms certainly in terms of the league form wasn't that great and you said it first but I think you were right you know we all had our reservations about Robbie what what did you expect from this season where did you think we were going to go what what were your expectations shall we say well in truth my expectations at the beginning of every season are great because you always start the season with hope and Mm. you know we did buy some good players um Eden Hazard French footballer of the year two seasons running Oscar um was there another one I can't remember now. Um, Moses. Moses. I'm definitely not thinking of marrying. Um, <laughs> so, my, you know, I was optimistic at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, but it, would, it was going to be very difficult to live up to the previous season. Um, winning yeah. the Champions League, again, was going to be tough. Winning the FA Cup and therefore making it another season of two cups. You know, let's, let's think back 15 years and beyond that into the into the past <laughs> with one cup was a um, every 30 year um event you know we, we've now made two cups a year quite a frequent occurrence mm. you know, so to repeat that is going to be tough and also i think winning the champions league doesn't actually help you because you end up going down to monaco to play against atletico madrid flying off to japan to play two pointless games mm. and, and therefore the winners of the competition actually are immediately handicapped in the following season. Mm. So, you know, it's going to be... Um, sure, it's going to be tough. But actually, um, if things aren't going that well, it actually doesn't make me enjoy it any less. So, you know, I, I fully respect the fact that people might lose interest. And, you know, I understand where Tony's coming from and, and feeling a little bit of disillusionment. And obviously... I would rather be winning than losing. But I still enjoy going to football and um, following football as much mm. as ever. And I, I don't really feel that waning. And, um, you know, there, there was also the element on the article about, you know, being, being more of a business now than um, being a club. But I, I don't think of it as a business. And personally, I enjoy the whole end-to-end experience and the entire customer journey. And each and every touch point is still feeling very, very good for me. And that just proves I'm not treating it like a business. Mm. Um, Very good. Yeah. Sorry, at least you 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 understood that, Tony. Yeah, I did. Sorry, yeah, I, 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 the minute you day. said customer journey, I was transported into work straight away. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, you know, when I go to home games, when the um, Wimbledon train comes um, out of the tunnel from West Brompton, and you see the um, West End roof just as it's coming up towards Fulham Broadway. I get excited. I honestly feel I'm coming home. And as I'm walking up Fulham Broadway and you hear the voice of the preacher there with his tannoy and there's the hurry up, hurry up, Chelsea fanzine going off, you know, I get a buzz. And then I go into the ground, I meet the same old cronies that I've always met for a beer. And it doesn't matter whether we've just won or we've just lost, we have a good banter and we enjoy each other's company. Mm. And when I go away, you know... I, it's an excuse to get around the country, which I enjoy. And, you know, Middlesbrough is not the greatest tourist destination. <laughs> but I, I still enjoyed the trip up. And today I had to change at York. And I was stuck there for an hour and a half. So I had a nice walk around York. And I also enjoy the away fan atmosphere. You know, not not um, the Benitez taunts, mm. aside from that. But the away f- support is good. It's you know, a different, it is a different animal, better, isn't it? It is a much better buzz than um, home games. 
because the ones who are there, you know, really want to be there. And, you know, generally the songs are good. There's, there's good banter in the songs. It's great. Mm. And in between the home games and the away games, you know, I enjoy watching all games on TV. Um, I enjoy Sp- Sky Sports. I enjoy Sunday Supplement. And, of course, I enjoy this blog and the, and the podcast. I mean, I, my enthusiasm for football is not waning. Yeah. And that's regardless of whether we've just won the Champions League or whether we've just got beat 2-0 at Man City. Um, yeah, It doesn't bother me. I enjoy the whole experience of following a club and being interested in football. So I'm, I'm not put off by uh, this season. And, you know, I couldn't conceive, you know, unless, unless my financial situation turned to the worse. Personally, for me, I, I couldn't conceive of not going to football next season. You know, what else would I be doing on a Saturday afternoon? I mean, I think that's actually a very good point. Actually, Tone, I, I, would, I would put it to you. I don't, you, you, you made a, a, a strong case, certainly, in, in, the, in your article and the comments. And I've often thought this would be, you know, you think, oh, you know, the season ticket's a bit expensive. You know, am I going to renew next season? Or am I just going to do a couple of games? I know it, I always answer that logically in my head that, you know, you know exactly what you're going to, you know, if it gets a Saturday at three o'clock and you're not there, you're going to be twitching like a lunatic. You're going to be glued to your phone, waiting for updates, refreshing your Twitter feed on BBC Sport in the car with the radio on or whatever, you know, I know I'm fairly unbearable to be around when I'm like that and I'm missing a game. Tone, I, I would put it to you that if if you weren't there and we were, you know, we were 4 nil up against Spurs, you'd be sitting there thinking, oh, bollocks, why aren't I there? Well, that's precisely why I didn't um, spunk all my money on Munich. It was, <laughs> it was that or the season ticket. And, yeah. um, and I mean that in the nicest way. I, 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 I had that choice. My, you know, I was given a clear choice by um, by um, by my better Hec- half, who said, Hec- you Headquarters, yeah. Okay, you spend that money if you like and go to Munich, but um, yeah, you won't have a season ticket. I'm like, okay, then. Um, and it made it a fairly simple choice. And I think, you know, ultimately, there was a degree, I'm not going to deny that there was a degree of of um, hissy fit about the article anyway. No, listen, but, I, I, listen yeah, mate, you are absolutely imperfect. But there is this thing that it's a thousand pounds. Now, I, I know, deep down inside, I know that when, um, when it comes to the crunch, um, I'm likely to look at it and go, yeah, fuck this, I waited long enough to get the season ticket, I'm going to have it again. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the adventure is, is there. I, I, I think the disillusionment with it the whole thing at the moment and it isn't the results thing I'll try to make that very plain I, I was quite happy as a younger fan going when we were utterly shit you know when when um, when we you know when we went 1-0 down against Coventry and I stood in the shed and we scored in the 88th minute to equalise I thought we'd won the cup you know <laughs> against Coventry for God's sake you know it was that sort of thing but it was the atmosphere and it was a, a, a sense of fun now the last game that um, the last home game was the Wigan game okay a game we won 4-1 um, the game where I stood up and went, nothing can go wrong now, and um, and then Wigan Julie got a goal back, and we were still at our precarious two nil um, sort of status, and um, and it was like a dinner party, and I think that's the point. I'm I've, you know, I think I'd rather the atmosphere was toxic than non-existent. 
Yeah, I'd rather. I think I'd rather I go think... into a complete mosh pit of um, hatred and seething disgust and bile and whatever. At least, at least, it would at feel least, like something. Yes, it would yeah. feel like something. But at the moment, I go in there and and you know, it's it's a kind of an anaesthetizing effect because I sit there thinking. It's oh, just dull. People are talking around me when the game's going on. There's no chanting. We've been outsung in our own ground. God knows how many times this season. Mm. And and I understand why people aren't singing because they don't really want to get you know behind Benitez or anything like that. The football has been uninspiring a lot of the time. Um, yeah, no, it's I, true. I did, I did the quote gesture then. Like, you could see that, you know. Um, but, um, <laughs> how weird is that? You know? it's, it's virtually radio tone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, and, and that's what's missing for me. So there's a spark missing for me. Now, I'm sure that, um, you know, once I've recovered from, you know, sales or whatever it is I've got, um, I'll be walking up there, um, you know, on, on Saturday for the West Brom game. Let's make one thing clear here West Brom is, is quite a nemesis for us isn't it I think because don't we tend to really? sack managers after West yeah, Brom games <laughs> I think, so, I think there's, I think there's, a degree, there's a degree of hope amongst yeah, the fan base um, exactly they, they turn out but, the same um, way. I'm sure when I get in the cafe and I get in and have a beer in the ground or whatever I, you know, it'll all kind of come flooding back to me but it isn't what it was, and I think that's. I think the, the club are in danger of alienating. It, once the minute they start alienating the people that I described as the hardcore ne'er do wells, who spend their thousand pounds, who have, you know, cried with despair as well as with joy at the club, and have put a lot of time, you know, into this club or whatever. Um, mm. at the minute they start marginalising them out, then you end up with a. You know, you end up with consumer choice. You end up in a kind of Tesco's brand loyalty, but no love. Does that make sense? I'm trying to sort of put it in sense that no, 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 people... it's kind of you know. I, I always I, I used to, I used to shop in Tesco because I had very little choice in terms of where we lived and so on. You know, fuck me, I had no loyalty to it whatsoever. But it, it was just there, and yeah. I had to, I had to use it. But yeah, you're you're right. You know. You know, and that's what worries should, me. I think. You know, I hate to add. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we, we shouldn't. We shouldn't produce something we love as much as football to to a choice of supermarket. It's not no. like that, but it's an analogy. No, it was, it was served a, a purpose exactly. And I just wanted to say the point was that you know I utterly detested Ken Bates more than I've ever hated Ramon Abramovich. I thought you know he was an embarrassment and a horrendous human being. I still do, but he had he you was know, out. Place, Yes, and the place had a bit of soul and spirit. I disagreed with just about everything that bloke ever wrote in the programme, right? Apart from, you know, um, we need to get the council on our side to go and run for council, which loads of fans did. Um, But, uh, you know, the fact was, as despicable as he was, there was an atmosphere in that. You never ever went to that ground and walked out kind of apathetic, and I think that's what's happening now. And maybe I'm just being infused I, by the lack of atmosphere around has, hasn't football changed generally like that I mean yeah. um, having I mean, terracing for a start I mean when I, I remember going when you know I was younger and um, this was before the uh, new east stand was built you know that's the original new stand mm. and um, there was a bloke walking in front of the car with a flag and all that kind of stuff you know well, that was it yeah and uh, well they didn't even have cars in those days there was a bloke oh, with a yeah. shovel picking up the um, horse droppings <laughs> From from our carriage, we we had a carriage. We were quite poor, well, of, and, course, um, of course. But no, I mean, um, half the ground was dedicated to away support. You know, so if you were playing at home to Manchester United, um, all the away fans had to walk underneath the old East Stand 
with the Chelsea fans, and I used to go to the um, north stand, that rickety stand in the far corner, mm. and that was above where all the away supporters stood. So we were sitting above their terrace. And the, the ground would be split, you know, almost equally between the two sets of fans. Yeah. And the atmosphere was amazing. Tightly packed, equal number, lots of um, chants going at either end. You know, since Hillsborough, with all-seater stadiums and only selling 3,000 away tickets, the atmosphere has changed. You know, so... You know, part of it is one is Tony. You're older now, and 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 when you were younger, it was all a bit more novel and exciting, and and therefore, you know, things happening in your youth, um, you know, are going to be different when you've aged a bit, and the atmosphere of the event is completely different to the late sixties. You know, it is a different environment. It's not going to be the same. So we can't recreate that. We're all sitting in seats, and um, we just sit there. It's 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 you know it's 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 a leisure it's a pastime now it's 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 kind of a leisure. Well, it's a family act- event activity. Yeah, that you you know it's it's like going to the theatre. You know, and it, it, it's it, that's the worst thing about the whole debate about this. I know we've slightly wandered off topic, but it's quite interesting to do so. But it's horrible to listen to people saying, "Yeah, well, football's expensive." You know, or it's ninety minutes entertainment and it costs you sixty quid. But you know, compare it to going to the theatre. No, that's not what it's like. But it's equated like that because it it's just another activity that is competing. You know, yes, like you say, there is the hardcore that will go up and down the country, irrespective of cost, time, wherever it is, whenever it is, it doesn't matter. They will do so. But for you know an awful lot more people, and you know these the folk that we talked about a little while ago, you know that the club are competing for the kind of the tourists, if you like. It's it's a, a lousy expression. That's what they're competing for now, and and they're competing with the theatre, and they're competing with festivals, and they're competing with all these things. There's more and more stuff going on. And, you know, if football's on TV, you know, the number of times I've heard, you know, guys of, you know, my age, our age, your age, Tony, you know, with with teenage sons saying, you know, do you want to go to the football? Well, actually, Dad, you know, it's 60 quid and I need a new pair of trainers and I can watch it on the telly. You know, I suspect, Mark, that's probably not a conversation you ever really had with your dad about going to football. Um, I'm just trying to think now. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think you were. Don't yeah. think I did actually. That's, no, I think, that's, um, that's the thing. It's 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 kind of a different thing now. And yeah, there's there's still a hardcore that will will do it. But you know, it's it's not the the the, the sixty thousand people that used to turn up at the bridge back I, in those days. It's really I mean, the conversation was normally the other way around. But rather than me asking for trainers, which is the sort of modern day situation, sometimes my dad would say, "Look, we can't go this week. I need to get a new saddle for the horse." <laughs> Hercules is space movement. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, think the point. I, I go. I go back, and I, I, I take their points on board. I appreciate that sort of thing. I guess that that factors into, you know, the the point I made about, you know, is that a thousand pound I want to spend on that particular thing? You know, it's a. Actually, it, does your better half listen to this podcast, Tony? No, no, but lots of friends do. But you can so feel. Well, just to point to... out that you you keep mentioning this. Um, illusional 1,000 quid 
obviously it's a bit more than that but don't tell the better half so she doesn't listen to this that's fine but I mean you've oh. got to take into account the transport costs oh, and yes, the fact yes. and the fact you've got to pay for your cup run tickets and, and we are successful in cups Yes. So yes. that you've got to add those on. So it's at least two thousand quid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But don't use that. Don't use but that. Don't mention it. <laughs> no. And I'm glad. I'm glad we've managed to keep that one under under cover for, for yeah. this episode. Anyway, but uh, I there's, think that, so that, there's, that, only that us, I guess, there's only us and the listeners. Yeah. So I, I guess that was the point. It was. It was just around that that whole thing. You know, when like anybody else, you know, I'm not that well off that I can just sort of. You know, there's, there's there's the money for the season ticket and you know that's it it's reserved things are tightening up for everybody and I just think if I go I want to enjoy the thing and I think ordinarily good or bad and I'll tell you one of the most enjoyable games I've been to this season was when we lost to Manchester United at home I came out yeah, of that ground buzzing and I, you know, I'd rather that than sort of the bland, fair the nil-nil draws that we've had in, in a midweek game against QPR when we lost 1-0 without Without even, you know, raising a fist in, in anger. And I, I kind of miss that snarling about us. I, I kind of miss the nastiness about the team that we had a little bit. And th- that generated the atmosphere because the fans got, we got behind th- it. It's I never going to be like that's, it was. I agree really with Mark on that point, bit, eh? is, Sorry to interject, but the thing for me, and, and in terms of, you know, how much I write, I, I very rarely write for the blog now for many, many reasons. Just, you know, time, children, all that kind of stuff. Um, but... The, the interesting thing about Mourinho's tenure, which is when I did most of my writing, is there was always something to talk about. Doesn't matter if it was a fairly average one or draw. The press conference afterwards, he'd, you know, he'd say something and it was dynamite. And I think, you know, we're, 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 we're sort of referring back to that era. And I, I appreciate you, you're also talking about kind of your Chelsea history in a broader sense. Well, Benitez is certainly... Um helped you out on that score in terms of um, post-match interviews causing a reaction no it's very true actually it's very true Um, but I think this is we've all got sort of slightly a slightly rose-tinted view of the past you know that that's only natural and football support by its nature you know yeah there's days when you'll play like Brazil 1970 and it'll be fantastic there's other days where you play like Barnsley 1985 and and it's dreadful, forgettable shy and you'll go home and think, bloody hell, what was all that about? But that's just the nature of football support. You don't know what you're going to get. Now, it's almost... There's there's a degree for me, actually, kind of the, the circus that follows football now in terms of the media and the personalities and the way that the fans react to it that actually makes makes the game more interesting. You know, if there has been a dull game, you know, last night was a relatively perfunctory 2-0 win. It wasn't a brilliant game. But let's be honest, we're all talking about it in one sense or another because, excuse me, because of what Benitez said afterwards. Because of the fact there was someone there to shove a microphone under his nose after he listened to people giving him shit for 90 minutes. And he reacted and there's immediately there's something there about that so you know it's, it's, it's media adding sort of kind of adding to our ire and enjoyment of, of football you know you only have to like you know mark you said you listened to talk sport earlier on now talk sports a, a classic fantastic money-making idea for exploiting football fans because 
every football fan I know bloody hates it because, you know, you get whoever it is spouting off, oh, bloody hell, you know, what nonsense Chelsea fans talk about, X, Y, or Z. Bang, the switchboard lights up. They're all on there. They're all, you know, the advertisers are rubbing their hands together. Fantastic. You know, that's just the way it works nowadays. Um, Don't know where I'm going with that rant, but, you know, or rant point of view, but, you know, is it's it's the whole thing around football now that actually a lot of it makes it more enjoyable, more interesting, more comment-worthy. Well, I guess I that's know. what makes this podcast such a, a, a little diamond in a, in a sea of ranting and everything. The, the fact that we sit back and we, 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 we have a, a gentleman's conversation in a logical and structured way with uh, opinions respected and, and caps duly doffed. I think that's absolutely marvellous, mate. Bollocks. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. And let's, let's be honest, you know, we're, we're not troubled by advertisers in any way, so it flows quite nicely as well. S- sadly, um, no. Otherwise, the question of the finance of the season ticket would be rather less stressful than it is. So, we, we, look, we look forward now. Um, we have West Brom at the weekend, which um, has, as we've noted, has obviously um, been the... Um, been been the death of a couple of Chelsea man- Chelsea managers. Um, if Benitez stays in charge, which we're assuming by the club's reaction that he probably will do, um, West Brom on Saturday. Next Thursday is uh, the first leg of the Europa League last sixteen tie against Stoy Bucharest in Bucharest. Um, the Sunday afterwards is United away at Old Trafford in the um, in the cup, um, followed by. Bucharest again at the bridge on Thursday the 14th of March so we've got one league fixture and, and three cups um, it will be interesting to see exactly how if it is Benitez he sets up um, the Premier League you would assume is is the priority in terms of the holy grail that is fourth place as, 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 as dull a trophy as that may be I mean, that, that game should be relatively easy to be honest West Brom because okay. they're, they're only a one-man team and he's not pl- allowed to play because he's um, on loan. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's, uh, he's not there. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and, and as, as someone someone on my Twitter timeline noted, you know, you've got um, two former Liverpool coaches duelling it out in um, in Steve Clark and, um, and Mr Benitez himself. Um, and then it's, it's basically cup games for a week after that three in well three inside a week um, a, tr- two, a trip to Bucharest a trip to Old Trafford and um, Bucharest back at the bridge um, it will be interesting to see exactly where we end up um, just to, to throw the floor open to um, to both of you if either of you have any more points to make we're relatively short this week for any number of reasons shall we say Um Please, fire away if you have anything to add. Okay. Um, Silence. No, 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 not at all. I think from my perspective that, I mean, you know, our our fixtures, uh, our fixture backlog, pile up, call it what you like, has been shocking, uh, you know, and there's no doubt that that's had an impact. And Gary Cahill, I believe, um, uh, said said as much to the press, you know, that... Uh, the legs are starting to get tired. I mean, it's it's of our own making. Let's not you know beat about the bush on that. You know, we we, we dipped out of the Champions League into uh, into the Europa League, uh, the competition that we theoretically should win with our eyes shut. Especially now that um, 
I think uh, Atletico Madrid are out, aren't they? I think they were the yeah, they favourites. Yeah, a, a couple of um, a couple of the um, the, the more favoured teams. Um, so how, how are their are fans out. feeling? I mean, they, they can't even recreate the Europa Cup from last season, let alone the Champions League. Yeah, oh dear me, yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's uh, okay, it, bad. It is. I, I think you know Tottenham would would look like, like our most likely rivals to take the Europa League. I think you know in, in terms of that trophy, and people will laugh at that and probably you know cast me you know cast me out out of town. You know, send me at Coventry or whatever. But the fact is, they're they're a decent side, and, and you know um, the, the league table doesn't lie. I think Manchester United away, Old Trafford. Um, we can view that as. Um, uh, a, a distraction, an interesting one, take us off the pressure of the league, or we can look at it as uh, another opportunity to get our asses kicked up north. Uh, <laughs> looking at Manchester United's form, I think I know where that's going to go. Um, and I think a few weeks back, and we might have even discussed it on the podcast actually, that um, if you if you took that we weren't going to win, there were three games we wouldn't win for the remainder of the season, and that would be um, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Liverpool, because our record at Anfield being so poor. Um, if the rest of them were all one, we would comfortably finish fourth. Interesting enough, I watched Benitez's rant last night, and he mentioned fourth place. He didn't mention anything about anything else, really. He just mentioned about fourth place and the Champions League, um, which means that that's very clearly the remaining objective. Now, there's an interesting interview with him tonight on the BBC, where he's interviewed under much quieter circumstances by Dan Walker, um, where he pretty much repeats that mantra, um, makes the point about having a fantastic relationship with Roman Abramovich, talks about how much Roman Abramovich likes to talk to him, Benitez, about football, and how mm. they you know, like to discuss various um, facets of the game and all this sort of stuff. So he's here, I think, until the end of May. He would have gone by now. Um, I think the club may well have looked at last night and, and maybe lifted one eyebrow and gone, well, it's about fucking time you said something back, you know. Um, the, the the people forgot... One thing, key thing about that rant, the rant last night, was actually quite scripted because he repeated it in the ITV post-match interview on the pitch. Well, he did um, keep looking down as if he was looking at notes. Yes. Well, he's a man of notes, isn't he? I mean, when he, when he scores a goal, he doesn't jump up and down. He writes something down. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's exactly this what I expected to happen, you know. This is, um, this is sort of an interesting, an interesting point. Actually. Sorry to interrupt, Tone. Um, I, there's any... I, I mean, the number of theories that have been thrown up about what he said, you know, many of them are, frankly, a little away with the fairies, shall we say. Um, but whether... Whether whether this was kind of you know an off the cuff explosion or whether this was actually quite calculated in terms of the way he delivered it and when he delivered it, because you know he got a victory, moves us on to the last day of the cup, all good, and you know he is for whatever anyone thinks of him, he's a relatively shrewd bloke. He wouldn't have got as far as he has in the game without, without being so. Um, was this this kind of quite a calculated time to say "fuck you," or you know, or did did the crowd just get to him particularly that night and and, and he lost his rag? I, you know, I, I suspect we will never know, but it's um, it's an interesting thought. And if you know, if he was referring to notes, interesting. Well, I think the, the, the and I, before I could get to the, the Chelsea press officer or the director of communications was next to him throughout that whole thing last night. Now, mm. 
I know directors of communications, okay, and they are, they're like political... Well, I know our director of communications. You do? But I travelled up with him on the train to Everton two seasons ago. So, he's either broken the mould, or he didn't actually think that Benitez would say anything wrong, because a couple of the previous ones, and certainly that Simon Greenberg chap, who was once at the Daily Mail, would have been in there straight away, you know, whew putting the shutters down that's it sorry no more questions out you go and um, and that didn't happen it's, it's far night, more so difficult to do on camera um, well I, I guess it is but uh, <laughs> he, he did it twice that's what mm. I'm saying he did it so the first time in the press conference he did it don't forget let's not forget he had the rants at five live okay he then did it on the press conference repeated it on that and then if you watch the highlights on ITV4 when he was interviewed pitch side by Matt Smith or whoever it was he did the same again now surely once the press officer might have gone wait well, hey, hold on ok you got away with that no more but instead let him do it three times so I do uh, it's a bit cons- conspiratorial it's, and all that you know, there, but, uh, there was clearly a message to deliver and, and yes. you know, whether it was calculated or not is anyone's guess yeah. um, I just just to briefly touch on and you know in terms of our, our defeat of Man City we, we'd obviously played on the Thursday night. City were, you know, rested for a week. Just just looking at United's fixtures for the next week, they've got Norwich at home at Old Trafford on Saturday. Then they've got, obviously, Real in the in the Champions League at Old Trafford on the Tuesday. Which is a great shame. It's a great shame that their game with Real Madrid isn't after our exactly. cup game. Exactly. That's the thing. And, and that's, that's kind of what, what it boils down to. If they were playing off, we're playing two days after the, you know, a, a whole forty hours after they do. We're away from home; they're at home. All right, yes, albeit they've got a very, you know, very tough game against Real. But you add those two things together, and the fact that we are travelling up to Old Trafford, it's you know, it, it's not an easy fixture. But you know, it's not an easy fixture with a level playing field in terms of when the teams have played before. And so forth, but if you add those into the equation, yeah, it's it's a big ask. It doesn't matter, you know. If if we lose, I've, I, and Benitez in charge, I don't doubt there'll be all sorts of wailing and gnashing and so forth. But you know, it ain't an easy task. Whoever is in charge and and whatever's happening, just by by nature of the way that the fixtures have fallen. Um, obviously, it will be interesting to see if if Fergie mentions it because he's he's obviously very vocal when he thinks the fixture list has gone against him. It will be. Um, be interested to see how he thinks about um, how it's gone against Chelsea in this instance, but um, I suspect we may be waiting for quite a long time. Um, I think that probably rounds us up reasonably well for um, this episode of the Podding Shed. Um, what I will do is offer hearty congratulations to Blue Boy Dave, um, who is the competition winner from the uh, the, the competition that we. Uh, ran on the last episode of the Podding Shed and I can't even really remember the exact question I answered but I know the answer was Southampton I think it was something to do with the post or pre-season tour from about 1970 after we won the cup um, his answer was both forensic and you know dissected my shit question very very well so not only has he won the question but he's actually got the um, the task of should we run any competitions in future he's going to be setting the question um, so well done his prize which is a, a copy of the Chelsea Miscellany 
by Rick Lanville will be on the way to him in the post as soon as I buy the stamps. So, well done, Blue Boy Dave. Um, anyone else have anything to throw in before we finish? No, I think I'm done. No, all good. Um, I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, then leave us a comment when Nick posts this up on www dot chelseafcblog dot com. Um, we will be back probably in a week and a half or two weeks, whenever we we feel the need, frankly, um, to discuss whatever's been going on. Whether Rafael Benitez is in charge or whether someone has taken an almighty swing over the West at the West Brom game is anyone's guess. Um, until such time as we reconvene, best wishes to you all, chaps. Thank you very much, and good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>